to the Digitally Connected Podcast with Joel Harder and Drew Knoll. Technology is integrated into every facet of our lives, impacting the way we work, live, and connect with the people in our communities and around the world. In the rapidly evolving digital landscape, the Digitally Connected Podcast explores future trends from leading innovators in tech so you can stay informed and stay connected. Now, here are your hosts, Joel Harder and Drew Null. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Digitally Connected Podcast. Drew, it's been a few weeks since we've jumped on and recorded an episode together. How you been doing? Good man, good man. We uh, we survived Disney right. uh, with the family, and uh, I think you guys cut off to Denver for a yeah. Scotch. Well, we yeah, you know we we've, we've had a couple different events going on. I think I greatly underestimated the desire to get out of town would be after mm. the year and a half we had, sure. and so it just things came a lot slower as far as as far as organizing with people yeah. and had a couple major events we had to get off the ground and so we took a little bit of a break but it's a timely uh timely topic we have drew there's been a lot happening in the world of tech there's been a lot in the news uh, cards on the table uh, some some hard news some accusations and uh, definitely some things to be thinking about but in the midst of it all some announcements and developments, namely a name change. The, the news <laughs> dropped just a day or two ago that Facebook, the company, has changed its name officially to Meta. Well, I, I think technically, isn't it uh, the, the parent company is they're, they're launching as Meta, much like Google did with Alphabet. And the only reason I bring that is because that Facebook itself, the app, the social media platform, is going to stay Facebook. It's not you're not going to have Meta on your phone now. It's just the the big corporation that's owning and managing everything under Facebook and all their acquisitional entities and all that's now and this is why we need to have this conversation the questions that erupted almost immediately and that was my favorite one I saw wait so is Facebook now called meta what's going on not the social networking application though as we've talked about before probably one of the smartest things that Facebook as an application adopted early on is regular revision. They tweak it. They make changes pretty mm, regularly. Absolutely. Uh, so that question was, was yeah. one of the ones that was thrown out there is the social network that we know as Facebook changing. No, we're talking about the company has changed its name to Meta. Yeah. And certainly this is happening right on the heels of some pretty uh, damaging reporting about Facebook as a company and their practices, the Facebook papers have dropped. And so the first question out the gate is, is this just saving face? Is this just a PR maneuver? This is how we do brand protection, brand fidelity. Our brand is getting so damaged and maligned. We're just going to change the name and hey, everything's fine here. Is that what's happening? I think if you are objective and you look across multiple platforms and sources and things like that, I think it's a mixed opinion. It's certainly being seen as both a a defensive maneuver, kind of what you're talking about in terms of brand protection. And I mean, it's difficult to not make some connections between all of the negative press that's been coming out about Facebook and this name change. It's, it's, It's very 
difficult to not think that there is at least to some degree the a connection timing there. raises the question um yeah yeah of course it does of course it does uh but it's also depending on who you look at from if you look at it from more of the economic and business side of things there are a lot of folks that believe it to be also an offensive measure in the sense of trying to signal to to wall street and some of the analysts and advisors around the stock that that facebook is trying to diversify and and, and sophisticate and mature its revenue streams and, and what i mean by that if you think about uh, historically, 98% of Facebook's revenue has come from advertising mm -hmm. dollars. And through COVID and some of the things that you've seen, Facebook has actually over the last multiple quarters shown a substantial decline in their advertising revenues. Uh, and so because 98% of their revenue is made up from advertising and they've had a consistent decline over the last, I think it's three, I'd have to go back and look, but I think it's three quarters, they've had substantial downturns in advertising dollars. You can make lots of, of suppositions as to why that is. Is it COVID? Is it all the negative press that they're getting? Is it all of the, you know, the attention that they're getting from federal and government regulators? Lots of things that are going into that. But the reality is Facebook's yeah. revenue is going down. And so a lot of people are thinking that this is a move for Facebook to show and, and gain and garner more confidence in the markets, that they're they're starting to own their own destiny, if you will. There's a lot of speculation that because right now Facebook's destiny is large in part dependent on Apple and, and Android and right. Google, right? In terms of its platforms as the platforms that they operate on, you know, I, I don't know what this, I don't remember the actual number, but a vast and large majority of the usership is, is done mobily, right. right? There's very, there's fractions of people that only consume Facebook on the website. It's, it's predominantly done on the phone and with Apple making their changes to the opt in versus the opt out in terms of securities and data information and those kinds of things, that's had a, a solid and substantial impact on their revenues. So a lot of people think that this is Facebook signaling to the markets that, hey, we're going, we're developing this meta, this parent company, much like Google did with Alphabet, so that they can diversify and, and start to develop their own means by which they deliver mm -hmm. their services, whether it's Facebook, the social media platform, Instagram, uh, Oculus, all these other system, you know, uh, companies that they've acquired. It's also being seen it potentially as that type of an offensive measure to secure their well, market position. We cannot forget the fact these are companies and there is uh, yep. certainly a primary motivation of good business, doing business, being profitable. Let's mm -hmm. move beyond the fiscal analysis, market analysis, and let's look at the tech side of this. Yep. Because in the midst of all of this change, and we can come back towards the end of this conversation and, and look at some of that question about Facebook and how they operate and yeah. the bad PR, bad branding and the timing of this. But right through the middle of this, the word meta, the name meta is not mm. an accident either. There is this concept from a technological no. standpoint from the future of tech. And again, as we're all increasingly navigating a digital landscape, this is big. This is a concept Absolutely. of a metaverse a next evolution in the way in which uh, we operate online, operate in a both an online platform as well as what we would call cyber culture or a virtual environment. Mm -hmm. The metaverse. Well, and Zuckerberg right. said as yeah. much, right? That's why they, they changed the name because that ultimate because he wanted to reflect the company's ultimate, more macro level vision for its organization to develop the metaverse yeah. so right? let's talk 
That's a very grandiose. Let's talk vision. about the metaverse and and what is this concept? Yeah. And and it's we'll go ahead right now. This is going to be sort of an initial conversation because every single element that goes into what we mean by this wholly integrated metaverse, each one of these elements warrants a, a full on podcast and conversation by itself. But yeah. what is the metaverse? Why do we care about it? Why should we even pay attention to what people are talking about when it comes to the metaverse? Let's just start with what is it? To boil it, I mean, you could, to your point, you could get way in the weeds and get really granular about what a metaverse is. But ultimately what a metaverse is, is it is a, it is a virtual space in which people and things can interact. And it's, it is a computer generated mm -hmm. environment to folks more in our generation, <laughs> uh, you know, something along the lines of the matrix, right? The, the matrix, you know, franchise of movies, the matrix would be a, a, a very meaningful example of a potential metaverse. Once you saw all of the, you know, the, the humans just plugged in, uh, in their little pods, but experiencing this alternate reality neurologically and what we experience as the, the world that we all live in or, you know, depending on how much of a foil hat you want to put on, are we really living in it? But, you know, that that would be an example of what a metaverse would be. It's an alternate reality or a virtual reality, rather, that is created by users or in this case, you know, uh, it's a goal of Facebook's. But it's it's just an alternate reality. It's a, it's a virtual and reality. I'm glad you used the, the Matrix as an illustration because we can go to science fiction and use oh, yeah. the kinds of... Uh, stories and worlds and concepts that have been developed in science fiction to help us get somewhat of a concept of what we're talking about. There was a movie that came out not too long ago, Ready Player One. Uh, and, mm -hmm. of course, with The Matrix, you've got this war between human and robot and humans are turned into batteries and, and right. we're physically actually not even conscious of our physical life. We're, and in that way we're being, we're being subjugated by the robots and, and that's what that right. story is doing. Right. But you think of like in the concept of, of ready player one, that's not what's yeah. happening instead in this metaverse, in this virtual environment, virtual That's space, right. this is the context in which people are doing commerce. People are, are trading. People are building mm -hmm. wealth. People are accumulating uh, assets and resources. People are having careers and lives. The, the virtual environment becomes the environment where we live our lives in those in those tangible yep. ways yes. let's talk right. now okay let's get tangible because this is okay we've, we've used science fiction to yeah. give ourselves <laughs> somewhat of a concept of this virtual space where actual trade can happen and assets are are accumulated bought and sold a career could even be developed that's great it sounds like some serious companies with serious money in our world today mm. think something like that is coming. Something like that is actionable and could be upon us before too long. That's yeah. crazy. Isn't that crazy? No, it's not crazy. So <laughs> it's not. Yeah. Let's talk just tangibly. What are we talking yeah. about? What are some of the things that are happening in that space that could affect me and you everyday life? You know, another good example, and, and I think this ties into what we're, you know, to your question, like what, what is this concept of a metaverse from a tangible standpoint? It, mm -hmm. Gaming 
is a perfect example in the sense of games like World of Warcraft. From the sense of the definition of a metaverse just being a virtual reality or a virtual space that you, to your point, voluntarily participate in, but there is a means by which you interact. There are activities that drive purpose, that drive commerce, that even can drive careers and subcultures and micro subcultures and all of those things. That's a great example because there is an entire economy around some of these games, whether it's World of Warcraft or Fortnite or those kinds of things where there, there are communities and sub communities. People are generating wealth by digital assets that they're building, you know, or creating. So there's that piece of it. Uh, you know, so and let me stop you real quick. Yeah, because again, you're spot on because we've got this concept of gaming. It's almost like proof of concept, you know, with yeah. with with the gaming industry and with the whole concept of massive multiplayer games. We see that these kinds of environments exist. They're here. Yeah. People are part and participating in it. Yeah. Then you bring in the social media phenomenon of the last 10 years. And you see how this isn't just people who like games because maybe you don't like video games. Maybe you're not a gamer and you're not into that. So that's okay. That's great. That's what they do. But now you look at social media and you see that the way in which we all will interact and can interact online Mm -hmm. has very real world consequences. And and social media has kind of come in, provided almost like a second proof of concept that we can engage a larger population from you name it, pick background or industry or, or, or lifestyle or geographic location. And we're willing to engage online and participate online and do business online. These two proofs of concept now coming together. So, so now let's take it to that next level of, okay, tangibly, practically, what's, what's the next thing that drops that gets me involved well, you're, you're already seeing it. It's already been around, and that's the interesting, potentially alarming thing about technology is it doesn't. It's not always a two by four, right? A lot of the times, it's a, it's a much more subtle introduction. You know, before we jumped on, I was talking about a, a podcast uh, that Tim Ferriss had just dropped on NFTs and and Web three and those kinds of things. And certainly, a lot of interesting stuff. And that's where you're going to start to see this movement around this metaverse. Is everybody knows cryptocurrency, or at least you've you've heard it, right? Not everybody right. is educated on it and expert in it. Uh, but you've heard of Bitcoin, right? Over the last five, 10 years, everybody's heard about how Bitcoin exploded and fell and now it's back. And, you know, and when it first started, cryptocurrencies were, they were unknown and, and people, uh, you know, people were buying pizzas with Bitcoin and stuff like that, you know, not realizing that now the the value of it is and, and things like that. But you're start starting to see things like NFTs or non-fungible tokens, right? And and all that, that's just a really fancy word to mean that you can't replace, if something's non-fungible, it just means you can't replace it with something else, right? It's it's a verified, authentic asset, right? You know, so to put it into a practical example, if you've got a Babe Ruth rookie card with an autograph, right? There is a way through expert and providence I think, uh, but there's a way you can verify that that actually is an authentic one of a hundred and it's an authentic autograph Babe Ruth rookie card, right? And that has a value. And there is a, a way to, if somebody tries to fabricate that, there's a way to tell that's a fake, right? Mm-hmm. Now, 
people have gotten really good at faking things like that. But there is still, you know, there, there are organizations out there that their sole job is to authenticate things of that nature, tangible things, right? Whether right. it's a baseball card or a piece of art or whatever. And if it has that seal on it, uh, or it has the certificate of authenticity from one of those houses, you have a very high confidence that that is a real baseball card piece of art. NFTs are the same thing just in the digital world. It's authenticated with blockchain, right? And, and a cryptocurrency is a function of or a result of blockchain. It's, it's a transaction that's verified through a very complex algorithm that multiple people do and verify that, yes, that is what it says it is because it's been verified through multiple independent, <clears throat> discriminant and discrete sources that have run the same algorithm, gotten the same answer. And there is an entire economy that's starting to develop there. There's an entire social ecosystem that's starting to develop there. There literally are digital and virtual spaces that in order to be a, it's, it's essentially a, a country club online, if you will. And those that are in the, in the NFT world and the crypto world would probably uh, grimace at, at being con compared to a country club, but it's a social organization that you have to have a membership to. And your membership is that token. You have to purchase that NFT, that non-fungible token. And so th this metaverse and the NFT world that's starting to develop. So right now we're in what's considered Web 2. And to your point, mm -hmm. we, could, we could drive off on any of these points for an hour on an episode, and we probably will and should. But right now we're in what's considered Web 2.0. Well, Web 3.0 is what's coming, what's being developed right now through all of this blockchain, cryptocurrency, NFT-driven development. Mm -hmm. And it's all, uh, there's this balance, if you will, where a lot of folks are betting or, or, or hoping that the Davids of the world are the ones that are going to be developing Web 3.0 and all of these communities so that it can be controlled by the people, right? That it's right. that's a virtual world that's created and managed by the masses, as opposed to the Goliaths. Because yeah. who won Web 2.0, right? The Goliaths did. Microsoft, Google won won Web 2.0. They they have the control vastly over Web 2.0. We live in a capitalist society, and they they had the resources. They were smart enough. They I mean they they played the game and they won, right? And so I am by no means bemoaning or besmirching them for doing what they did, but they did. And now you have these big massive organizations that are controlling most of what you can and can't do on the internet. I think that what Facebook has done is signaled that, hey, we want to, we want in on that, you know, like him, hate him, anywhere in, in between. Zuckerberg's smart and he's surrounded himself with a lot of other smart people. And I think he sees what's coming. He sees the next iteration of, of what's to come in terms of social digital virtual interactions in the, the social digital virtual world he's made no no bones about it. he's not been subtle about it. that's where he wants to take facebook and they've got the means to do it yeah you know, they've, they certainly have the, the the financial capital resources they're not void of engineers and developers that are smart enough to be able to do this and then a lot of the subsidiary organizations that they have acquired 
puts them in a really interesting place to be able to find and establish a very substantial place in Web3, Metaverse, whatever you want to call it. And put some of this back together, put my summary of it, what I'm hearing you say. You've got these concepts, these core components that make this move towards what will be Web 3.0, what will be potentially the metaverse, very practical and compelling that many more people, everyday people are going to be involved. And you look at things like Mm -hmm. cryptocurrency, you know, I, I would listen, I would hear cryptocurrency and like a lot of people when it first you started hearing about it. It was great fodder for a Big Bang Theory episode. You know, it was just, we just joke right, about right. it. Um, yeah, or yeah. if it starts to become more of a thing, I hear them like, this is nuts. Because haven't I seen all these movies about how easy it is for people to hack and steal and do things in an electronic space? I'm just going to pull all my money and put it under the mattress. That's the way I can be secure in my resources my wealth the reality is the digital blockchain technology the type of verification all that goes into blockchain or cryptocurrency as a form of blockchain is actually exceedingly safer and more secure because of all the levels of verification and it becomes extremely difficult to commit fraud in that space. And so mm-hmm. that's why we're now seeing an emergence of all of these different kinds of companies or, you know, we're debating, are they companies? Are they developers? Are they <laughs> right. brokers? Is yeah. it, uh, is, is right. it, uh, is it E-Wall Street? You know, what, it, what is it? But, right. it and the answer yeah, is yes. Yeah, but the, the, <laughs> just to illustrate that it is becoming much more prevalent that, that yeah. this is a way forward. We're watching the World Series right now, and if you're looking yeah. at, uh, if you're watching bottom, you know, bottom of the third, and you see the pitcher give his nod, and then the camera looks at the batter and the catcher, and right behind the catcher is an umpire with FTX right, right across his right, right across right. his shirt, the official cryptocurrency of the major league. Um, and so, yeah. and obviously that's just advertising product placement, but th- this is all the more to signal to us that there are m- many more people getting involved in recognizing the level of security protection, uh, the ability to protect against fraud, uh, blockchain, mm-hmm. cryptocurrency, is a way of the future to be more secure. Don't just pull all your money out of your bank, and throw it under your, under your mattress. That cryptocurrency right. is creating greater levels of security. So that's the financial aspect. And of course, we all already sure. know that we do commerce uh, online, yeah. uh, whether you're selling something on eBay or Facebook Marketplace or mm-hmm. you're hawking your business. Uh, you know, I, I would love yep. to get off of social media, but for a lot of what I do, I've got to be on social media because that's where. I That's where the I people tell are. people about you know the different things that we're doing and the work and the opportunities yeah. and events and all that kind of stuff. So you've got to have that. So in that way, we already understand that we're doing commerce, that we're buying and selling and trading, and so these pieces start to come together. What's exciting about yeah. the concept of Facebook wanting to build the metaverse isn't that it's Facebook. It's when you mention all of the different companies and technologies they've acquired along the way. So you get the social media aspect, but then you get things like Oculus or virtual reality. 
and and these what we would think more in terms of sci-fi movies or the concept of uh, how we actually interact and engage in the metaverse. No, that that might actually be part of it as well. The whole concept of putting on a pair of Oculus glasses and interacting in the metaverse in a virtual reality, that that could be part of it too. That's not sure. That doesn't mean we're going to go sign up for our implant on the back of our head and you know just sh- shove <laughs> this rod right in the back of your head and you can be on the metaverse right. as well from yeah. the Matrix, by the way. So, right, um, right. Spoiler yeah. Spoiler. So, uh, <laughs> you know, so there is both the practical side of this, uh, those yeah. tangible things, but then also th- there is the conflation of different technologies like virtual reality mm-hmm. and, and uh, augmented reality stuff like that. I think the other thing to note there as well is to, to kind of bring this back full circle to how, where we started the conversation is that I am certain as I am one of them, a lot of people are dubious of Facebook now meta uh, wanting to be one of the leaders in developing, you know, the metaverse or whatever the next, you know, whatever that, that ends up being in recent light of, of some of the things that have come about come out about how Facebook develop Facebook. Right. And, and again, not, not to be accusatory or, or wherever you fall in that spectrum, obviously there were things they could have done better. And I think a lot of folks are concerned about Facebook being one of the ones leading the charge into what the metaverse is. And my comment to those folks is you already in a world of extraordinarily partisan politics, there is a bipartisan movement, uh, you know, to regulate Facebook uh, extraordinarily heavily. And, and our government has for our lawmakers and, and legislators to, to make a bipartisan movement like that, that would signal that they will be extraordinarily investigative and scrutinizing of whatever Facebook is going to do into this next evolution. So not to say that Continue to be concerned if you are concerned, but I would say, you know, it is going to be looked at, scrutinized, and and if there are regulations necessary, those that could make those regulations are in a, in a place to where they're much more educated to what the potential risks and harm it, are. It is interesting because it seems to be so few things that truly garner such large majorities of bipartisan support. Now... Yeah, when you can get Cruz and Klobuchar on the same yeah. side of now, the page, you've done something. <laughs> I, I, I will say that there is a desire to regulate on the right, and they want to go this way, and there's a desire to regulate on the left, they want to go this way, and they're not necessarily yeah. the same, they're not necessarily thinking, right. but they both want to regulate. I think there's like three people, none of them are elected policymakers, that don't want to regulate Facebook. Um, right. But all the more reason that we need to start thinking about and becoming educated and aware of how Internet 3.0 is being developed. And I kind of want to bring it back to this comment you, you made earlier, the Davids and the Goliaths. Obviously, there is this cloud of suspicion. Why is Facebook changing its name right now? It must yeah. be because of all of this extremely damaging negative information that's been shared, things we've learned. But you said there is a desire to see the Davids more involved in developing this metaverse. 
not the Goliaths. Yeah. Obviously, the Goliaths are going to want to get involved. Obviously, the big companies are going to want to get will. a stake. And, and Facebook's yeah. making that move. What does it look like for the Davids? Who are the Davids? And what does it mean for the Davids to be the ones that are developing this metaverse? You had Davids in, in 2.0, the number of organizations that Facebook alone, and I, I think it's in the hundreds, Facebook has acquired over, you know, it, its course of, of, of operation over the last... You're not talking about MySpace, uh, are you? <laughs> well, to, 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 but, I mean, well, I mean, most... <laughs> yeah. Well, but if you think about it, when we pull this back to, to corporate strategy, and I wish MySpace would come back. I liked MySpace, MySpace. But... If you look at it from a corporate perspective, Facebook's user base in terms of their age, their demographic, their user base was starting to trend older and they weren't acquiring the younger user base, which from an advertising standpoint, that was where their demographic tended to trend. You know, Facebook's demographic was always in the 25 was kind of where 20 was where they capped out and it was 25 and below. And that's where they advertised to. And as time went on, they started trending to an older demographic. What did Facebook do? They went out and they acquired Instagram and they went out and acquired TikTok, two of the, lo the, the most youngest user bases out there. And Instagram and TikTok were some of the Davids of its time. And they grew and at point they, you know, they were acquired by a Goliath. I think that and, and this is a million percent my own personal speculation, but because of some of the things that blockchain and cryptocurrency and some of those types of tangential technologies in that ecosystem, A, you can grow your own wealth inside of that ecosystem without needing the resources a Goliath could provide, right? And because of what the Goliaths have become, and again, they, they are prime examples of a capitalist economy excelling. I think that what you'll see in the next evolution, you had the Davids that were acquired by a, a Goliath. There's not going to be a desire for the Davids to, to sell to a Goliath, right? One, the, there's this shift in the ecosystem and two, there's also been a philosophical shift to want to maintain some of that grassroots nature or decentralized. I mean, you're talking about Web 3.0 being an entire evolution based in a decentralized currency or a decentralized method of validation in blockchain. That's the whole beauty of it. That's the simplicity of it. That's the security of it, that it's decentralized, right? Philosophically, if you start having a Goliath come in and start gobbling up all of these Davids and centralizing them, that's antithetical to the, the foundational principle that the whole ecosystem is based on. You now have the people that are creating the asset able to generate their own wealth and maintain their wealth in a way they can't today, or they're extremely limited today. To take it to uh, you know an example that we both are intimately familiar with in the music business, right? If you're an artist, you have two ways that you make money in the music business, right? You're an independent artist, right? Which means you go play a, a bunch of gigs and a bunch of dive bars and clubs. You, may, you scrounge up enough money to go record you know, a, a five track EP at some, you know, recording studio, and then you go keep playing a bunch of gigs at dive bars and sell your EPs, right? Uh, or you get signed by a label. And now 
you're you're mass producing your art, but who's getting rich off of a signed artist and a label? Not the artist. Right. The, the label is right in the beginning. Now, if we're talking about Beyonce and Taylor Swift and all those, but when they started out, they didn't right in the NFT space in this new world, you as the artist can generate the asset and you through blockchain supported smart contracts, I can sell you a song rather than you having to pay Spotify a subscription or pay Apple Music a subscription. You get it from me. I'm the artist. I sell it to you. And then if you want to sell it to somebody else, you make some of it. And I also get a cut off of it because of the way the blockchain verifies it. And every time you sell my asset, I'm getting a cut and you're getting a cut too. And so now it's, it's a whole different economic system. And so entrepreneurship will look very different because if I go buy fill in the artist, right? If I go buy a, I don't know, a John Mayer CD, I don't have any relationship with John Mayer, whether I want to or not, right? I just bought his CD. I don't have any relationship with him. In this, this new world, as an artist, I can open myself up and expose myself and interact with people that want to consume my art in a really unique way because of what's enabled through that technology. So entrepreneurship is going to even evolve and look very different in 3.0, the metaverse, whatever yeah. you want to call it. And, and to me, that's really exciting, too. Yeah. Kind of close out this conversation. I love the way you say it's still a virtual space. You know, people still yeah. live in the real world. And I heard a comedian recently say, you know, I heard that they were slamming me on Twitter. I don't care because Twitter's not a real place. And it's just, you know, <laughs> it, it, and it was it was one of those really great friendly reminders that there is something very sobering and encouraging to remember about this whole question and concept of the metaverse is that there is a very practical application here that is going to be much more globally accessible that there are going to be those incentives for everyday people from that never would have thought they would be getting involved and interacting will be getting involved and interacting Uh, and, and for everything we've already said the it's an exciting future of what that can create. Right. Important. When That's I talk cool. about internet 3.0, cause I I'm very much in this world of information, communication, technology to facilitate human interaction relationships. And, and what I'm really excited right. about is a lot of the technology that will come in that VR space or aug- augmented reality space, ways in which we Absolutely. can enhance and create a more human interaction from across distance because of the technology yeah. and all that's going to be part of it. It's going to go into Absolutely. as well. We still live our Absolutely. lives. We still have to have these maintain these, these human relationships, interactions. And uh, I don't know what it will do, but hopefully there will be somewhat of a corrective to the damage that social media has done in the course of, right. of internet 2.0, but we still live our lives. But I, 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 there is this scrutiny around the timing because of, yeah, the negative press because of some of the whistleblowers and some of the information that's been shared. Good questions need to be asked. Uh, I'm not naive enough sure. to just dis- dismiss out of hand that, that there wasn't a motive go- to go ahead and pull the trigger, whether or not that had been in the works for months or years, who knows, probably was right. somewhat of a discussion in a boardroom somewhere 
hey, right. there were some accelerants to that decision. That? Uh, so let's not be naive, and that, yeah. that's probably part of it. We don't want to dismiss that, yeah. even though Absolutely. what we really want to talk about is the technology and what we're even talking about with the metaverse. Yeah. So I'll just close with this. With all of the news of the day that's giving us the opportunity to think about this future of a metaverse, uh, what won the Internet were the dad jokes. Drew, why why did Facebook change its name? I don't know, Joel. Why did Facebook change its name? Because Mark Zuckerberg never met a girl until college. (laughs) Thanks for joining us on this episode of Digital Connected Podcast. (laughs) We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Digitally Connected Podcast with Joel Harder and Drew Noll. Make sure to check us out wherever you catch all your podcasts and subscribe so you don't miss any of our new content we'll be dropping regularly. If you enjoyed the content today, please give us that five-star review. Thanks so much, and we'll catch you next time.